Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. This is now episode 8 of the off-season walkthrough tour. Last week we were at the University of Carleton. We uh, spent a little time after that chat hanging around the city of Ottawa. And uh, then we went over to the University of Ottawa and met with Daniel Odejo and Zach Placini. Couple of the GG's offensive weapons. Well, I guess Placini does a little um, defense action too at D end. Um, and yeah, that was actually honestly similar with Windsor. This was an episode where because we were kind of juggling so many things in the air, getting it together, I was a little unsure of how it was going to go. But I freaking love talking to those guys. That just, you know, it's, it's funny how it worked out in both those cases where when we didn't know really what was going to happen, it turned out really strong. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. You got anything before we jump to the uh, jump to the clips? No, I'll, I'll save it for after. Let's jump in. All right, let's roll it. Hey, it's Zach Pacina here from the University of Ottawa, number nine fullback. Daniel Odejo, number 14 at the University of Ottawa, wide receiver. And you're listening to At the 55. At the 55. Okay, continuing with the off-season walkthrough tour, we are here at the University of Ottawa, and to my right, we have Daniel Oladejo sitting next to him. We have Zach Placini. Thank you guys so much for joining us here today. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, thank you guys for having us here, here in your own uh, in your own backyard. Um, so, so far, just how's the off-season been going? How's training going? Everything? Uh, it's been going good. You know how it is. Uh, you guys have played university football, so you know what it's like. It's not really much of an off-season once you actually get into it, you know, the, the workouts pick up. The uh, And we're lucky enough to have the dome here, so we practice once a week on Sundays. So as much as we say it's an off-season, we don't really have much time off, you know? Yeah, I, when, when I was at Guelph, we never actually were allowed to use the term. It was always just constantly, if you're not in season, it's preseason, just getting ready for the... Yeah, I like, yeah. That. I like that mentality. That's the mentality you got to have. You, you don't really want to take it as time off because, I mean, for every day that you're not putting in work there's another guy on another team putting in work mm-hmm. so yeah we try to take it as you go to the lifts every day you go to the practices you go to the runs and then eventually the the season will come to you so so we try to always put in work always work hard so yeah. so were you guys doing extra like Laurier was where they practice all the way to the <laughs> Vanier Cup or Laurier was practicing all the way to the Vanier yeah. Out, outdoors apparently, apparently they too. do that every, yeah outdoors every year all the way to the Vanier oh shoot <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah, that's crazy. Not, that. not quite on Did, that level. Make sure your coach doesn't listen to this episode. Then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, props to them for doing that. But kind of like what we think right after the season, that's our time to de-stress, reevaluate, kind of set our goals for the next season. And then when we get into this next chapter in second semester, that's where we really ramp it up and start yeah. kind of taking it to that next level. So I feel like as much as they want to do that, what's best for us is to – Right after the season is de-stress, de-everything, because you guys know what it's like, how how stressful the season is and everything. So, you know, like. And also you have school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're also students. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, you got just finished midterms usually, and then you got exams coming up. Yeah, so the end of the season is right, like around midterms. I remember the day after the Waterloo game, I had a midterm. It was on a Sunday. I didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you guys mentioned, or you were mentioning you were coming from a, a receivers meeting beforehand, yeah. correct? Yeah. So in, there, there's been so much talent here at the University of Ottawa in the past, you know, in the past decade. I mean, there's always sure. been talent here. Specifically looking at the receiver position, though, like in the past few years, it's just 
absolutely littered with talent. You know, guys like, I mean, Vieira, who graduated a year ago, yeah. obviously Beaver, uh, Matheson, St. Pierre. Um, what's it been like uh, for you uh, being able to sort of play with those guys, whether it's in practice or watching them uh, just day in, day out and learning from guys just at that caliber level? Yeah, it's it's been a it's been an honor for me, really, because like just a bit of a backstory. When I first started, well, first started playing football in Ottawa, I wasn't playing receiver. I was playing DB. I switched over to receiver kind of late. So, and then in my grade twelve year, I was playing quarterback for my high school. So, coming in, I'd only played one season of receiver, and that was with uh, my community team. So, I wasn't really experienced as a receiver. So, coming in, watching guys like Kalen Beaver work watching guys like Carter Matheson work, like Tyler McLaren work. Um, it was very like eye-opening for me to see what I need to do to get better. Um, so you come into a receiver room like that, you you got to put the work in to get better. So um, that's been the biggest honor for me is watching those guys work, put in uh, countless hours, and then put up the numbers in the season. And that's something you always want to aspire to do. So it's been a pleasure for me. It's been an honor for me. And it's helped me be get better as a receiver myself because I've seen what it takes. Um, and I've seen them put up the numbers and have the production in game. So it's, it's really been an honor for me, to be honest. And, and for, for both of you, because you'd mentioned you know, from Ottawa um, and Zach from the Hamilton area. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm interested in, for, for you, Daniel, the decision in going to university and picking a school, staying local, and then obviously staying local gives you two options between Carleton and Ottawa. Yeah. And then, Zach, we were talking before this, some of your, your teammates uh, playing in um, – was it was the junior tie cats you were yeah. saying yeah. Uh, that ended up staying at McMaster? You choose to come out to Ottawa, so just uh, one at a time, kind of a bit of your stories picking Ottawa. One as someone who's a local product, uh, another guy coming in from Hamilton. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> come from Hamilton, uh, obviously was being recruited from the hometown team, McMaster. Um, like you had said, I had a lot of buddies who went there: uh, Nolan Putt, uh, Liam Garland, um, Nate Edwards, Wyatt Croucher, all these guys like who are have grown and over the over the years and have become big players for them and like um I knew that I would have had that opportunity to go there and grow and get better as a player but I felt like U Ottawa was the best fit uh kind of came here on my recruiting trip uh, I'd already talked to coach B um prior to coming and it just kind of like the way he talked to me about it he said um we're not promising any starting spots to anyone because obviously you can't do that with rookies because you, you never know what to expect. Yeah. But he told me you'll always get that fair chance to to show us what you have. And I really felt like my first year I got that, that best opportunity. And I ended up playing in the last three games of the season, which included a playoff game at Carleton. Um, I really got the best chance to kind of come in. And obviously, like I said, you can't depend on rookies. So those first six games, I think, I hadn't shown what I needed to show to be able to dress and play, and uh, but those last three games I did. So I just feel like it was the right fit uh, in terms of coaching, in terms of uh, team atmosphere, in terms of everything, and it was uh, it was worth it to go five hours away from home to to find that. So so yeah, I'm just really happy with the choice I made, and can't really thank all the coaches and players enough, you know. So. Well, and before we get to, yeah, to, sure. to you, Daniel, one thing I wanted to touch on that you mentioned that I thought was really good was about how with, with the recruiting process, not promising you too much because A, if they don't come through with that, then you feel like you were lied to and B, 
as a as a veteran player, you never like seeing the the coaching and the scouting, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. scouts, you know, promising the world to these recruits when they haven't even stepped foot on a training camp. Mm-hmm. And so I think just for everyone involved, the, the the recruits and the players who are sticking around the team, it's always good just to like honesty is always the best policy in that regard too. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that being part of your, your story. Again. And and one of the biggest things the coaches always tell us is uh, they're recruiting to replace us, which is it's the kind of attitude you have to have. It's like. Uh, it's similar to like the next man up. So it's basically pushing us to remind us to say that you've already been here for X amount of time. So if you're not better than someone we're bringing in to replace you, then they obviously should be replacing you. You know, yeah. we have a jump start in the playbook. We have a jump start in the mentality. We have a jump start on kind of everything that OUA football requires you to have. You know what I mean? So it's it's just kind of that that constant reminder that they always give us. That's like we're recruiting to replace you. So. And so, Daniel, being the local product, choosing yeah. Ottawa over Carleton and just staying in town, what was mm-hmm. that like for you? Uh, so for me, it was between uh, U Ottawa and Carleton, or sorry, Queens, at the end of my uh, recruiting journey. So I went on my visit. I was actually getting recruited to Queens by Coach Roberts, who was the special teams coordinator um, at Queens at that time, and he later came over to U Ottawa. Um, but, yeah, I was getting recruited by, by Coach Roberts and uh, Coach Sheehan over at Queens. I went on my visit to Queens. I was I fully committed to going to Queens. Like I didn't um, sign a letter or anything, but I had verbaled. Um, I watched the playoff game uh, at Queens in their new stadium against U Ottawa, where U Ottawa won on the last play of the game. Um, Mitch Baines caught one in the in the end zone. I I, I was at that game in the press box. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was I was sold on Queens, and then I took my visit here. Um, I think it was like in December. It's like a month after I went on my visit to Queens. Um, and I just liked it. Like, I don't know. I just, I got along well with the coaches. I talked to Coach JV, our de- defensive coordinator, and he kind of put some things in perspective for me uh, in terms of the advantages of staying in your hometown that you grew up in and you have connections. I'm, I'm a business student. So originally that was the appeal for Queens, their, their commerce program. So um, yeah, but Coach JV put some things in perspective for me about business and connections and networking and in your own city that you grew up in, that you know people in. So um, at the end of the day, I ended up committing here. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a decision I definitely haven't regretted. Uh, one of the things I also considered was winning. Um, I wanted to come to a place where I felt like I always had a chance to win a championship, to go on a championship run. And um, you ought to have, I felt like I had that opportunity here. Yeah. So you mentioned, obviously, um, the connection staying local. One of the things that Dakota and I, both being from Toronto, have sort of talked to with uh, other guys in uh, from, from the GTA, from downtown Toronto that w- wound up at, whether it's Mac or wherever they ended up, is that it seems like Toronto sometimes, the Toronto schools, being U of T in New York, sometimes struggle keeping... Fucking suck it, keeping kids in the city. Yeah, I've seen him snapping on Twitter. About <laughs> he's, always, he's always going off on Twitter about all that. I've seen that. So that, I just, I wonder if, if, if there's anything you see that U of Ottawa and even Carlton do, whether it's just in the recruiting pitch or maybe with working at the you know high school level or junior level, whatever it might be, because it seems like, and maybe it just has to do with the proximity to other schools. It's a much further drive having to go to outside of uh, Queens. You're going large distance. Sorry, just so there's there's a camera there and there's a camera there. Uh, that's that's Warren Craney and that's Greg Marshall for U of T. Tell them what they're doing wrong. 
because they're not keeping their local kids. I'm not telling. I'm not talking to them, but <laughs> I'll tell you what we're what I feel like we're doing right um, in recruiting local kids. I think a lot of it is visibility. So our recruiting our recruiting coordinator, Coach Nate Taylor, does a great job of like being visible on social media. Mm-hmm. He goes to the jamboree. He's going to their games. Like he's messaging them on Facebook. Like and that's just like I don't know if I don't know what they're doing over there, but. Um, what Coach Taylor does a great job of is being visible so the, the guys know him, they know who to message. Like, I'll got, I'll got guys coming up to me that are in high school that are like, oh, like, can you talk to Coach Taylor for me? Like, put in a good word type thing. So he does a good job of being visible, of being identifiable. So when guys are at that position, and he's, he starts early, like, he'll be talking to, like, there's a, we have a, uh, one of, a kid in grade 10 that goes to my old high school, and he's like, oh, start talking to him now. So, like, when he's in grade 12, when the decision's ready to be made, then, he already knows, like, or you auto is like um, buying for you. So, I think that's a that's the thing we do really well is being visible, being available for these kids. Like a lot of the kids coming out of high school, so that's why we do. Because there's a lot of good talent in Ottawa, and like a lot of it, we're losing a lot of talent to the states. Like a lot of guys are going to prep schools, um, going to NCAA, but the guys that are staying here, like you Ottawa, is a very viable option for those guys. I mean, you lost Curly getting this junior to Laurier. You could, you guys. Yeah, that was before my time. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That was before my time, but yeah. That was that was before our time. That was before Coach Nate's time. That yeah, was, Coach Taylor was, wasn't here. I bet if Coach Taylor was I don't know. I bet if Coach yeah. Taylor was here, yeah, we might have got he, him. I mean, like, what did Gittens really do? Like, nah, yeah. MVP, MVP, MVP at receiver. As, that, <laughs> that happens every year, right? Yeah. If, if I could just chime into that, I, I can say one word that kind of keeps people in Ottawa is panda. If, if anyone's... Shoot, I forgot about If anyone's <laughs> ever... I don't know if you guys have been, but it's... Uh, you hate, you hate to say that it's bigger than the Vanier, but it's it's bigger than it's the, the Vanier. Biggest, it's it, the biggest college event in sports sporting event in the country. Well, let, let's run right into that because obviously about, we were going to have to get Panda. there at some yeah, point, right? Let's yeah. talk Panda. Run wild with it. And Zach, you're one of the elder statesmen on this team. We were talking the veteran, yeah, uh, f- uh, veteran uh, voice here. You've obviously seen many pandas. You've seen the wins. You've seen the losses. Yeah, just both of you. Like, what what's that experience like? Get chills thinking about it right now. <laughs> That's just crazy. But uh, so let me let me let me just go back to my first year. I remember I told you guys how I didn't dress for those first few games, and it's like first couple were okay. But then when we got to Panda, and I didn't get dressed for that, and you got to see the the whole atmosphere, and that being one of the reasons why we committed here, and you get to stand there and you're standing on the sideline in front of twenty four thousand people. It's kind of like man, I I want to play in this game, yeah. and it's kind of that constant reminder in the back of your head that you're always thinking like man. This is the opportunity I have to be um, on national television and kind of show my talent, show my team's talent, show our abilities, and kind of that have that pride within the city. Because you, you think about all the other battles. There's the Battle of Toronto. There's the Battle of uh, Waterloo, and um, y- you know that those other teams, when you know you go out, you see them wherever you see them in the city. Like you know that that year. You 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 locked down the city and you had yeah. control of Pedro, yeah, so sure. you brought him home. You know. Um, speaking of that, uh, we talked with Carlton about this, and obviously Laurie and Waterloo. And we we're in in Waterloo. They said you know after the Battle of Waterloo, maybe they see them at the bar. They're not they're not buddy buddy, but you know they'll give each other a head nod. Is it like that with Carlton, or is it kind of like you get no love? You don't you know don't say anything last, too much, but I just I'm mean, just say this year after Panda, I didn't even see any of them <laughs> out. So. 
if I had seen them, I would not have acknowledged them. Like, <laughs> and I, and you know, not to dive into, you have to listen to the episode, but that's kind of the the feeling we got when we talked to Carlton. It's kind of like a like, no, no love situation. Don't you guys get me wrong. Like each don't other get me something? wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's some guys on that team that are my guys that like I grew up with because we are in Ottawa. So there's guys that went to my high school. There's guys that I'm boys with that I'm close with that I talk to. Um, those are my guys. Uh, like regardless of what school we go to, but other than that, like there's no love. It's yeah, is it, you know, like, you know, you know who they are. We do the scouting reports. Everyone knows who each other is, but we're not gonna we're not gonna go up and be like, hey, good game, man. Yeah, That's just not, steer clear yeah, and uh, enjoy the win because you know we've been winning the past two years. Because another so. thing is they 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 talk. <laughs> They talk so, reckless. Mm. You, you know, can know we have it on record from just about every team. You know, yeah, Car- every Carlton talks the most shit. Carlton it's talks the most. Reckless. Yeah, smack. That's okay. We let we let them talk. We we we've won Panda the past hey, yeah. two years, and we're gonna keep it going. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, yeah. Just continuing on the Panda. So uh, I don't know if you guys listen to our show or follow us on Instagram or anything. But oh yeah. Going going. <laughs> I know what you, I know he's about to say. Go, going going into the panda. Yeah. You know, uh, we were talking. Ottawa's about not going to win another and I game. Made, I made it. I made it take. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say it. I said Ottawa. You guys weren't going to win another game for the rest of the season. Uh, and I based that mainly on the lackluster offense I was seeing. Okay. To be fair, you guys had an amazing defensive game in the Panda, two defensive touchdowns, which mm-hmm. I feel like is the reason you won. Yes, I was wrong. Um, but, you know, I heard it through the grapevine, a, a few of my insiders that, you know, so, insiders. Some, some, <laughs> some people maybe were, were passing along the Instagram post that we had released of me talking a little bit of smack uh, prior to the game. Is, can, you, can you confirm that maybe... You know, some people didn't take that so lightly. Yeah, we've and, seen it. We've seen it. And I'll jump in. How mu- and if that is true, how much credit does this man? I mean, Tremaine. Then I mean, Tremaine <laughs> Stevens scored a touchdown. <laughs> and I and I mean, I just kind of exposed who was it passing it around. But uh, you know, we we saw it, and coach always reminds us like, don't as much as we like to hear it when we're getting praised. Uh, we don't like to hear it when we're not getting praised, obviously. But like whatever whatever we see in the headlines, ignore it because that. At the end of the day, like you thought at that moment, you thought we wouldn't win another game in the, in the rest of the season, and uh, we just we proved you wrong. So you smacked wins if, as long as as long as we don't pay attention to the headlines, like through the highs and lows, like that's we just keep worrying about us. You know what I mean? So as much as it did motivate us per se, <laughs> it's we we got to remind ourselves that it's just just another headline. You know? Yeah. No. And I, and I, Zach was I guess giving me credit. I wasn't looking for it. My next question would be. Um, can you guys get over that? Like, can we move on now? Because it, it still seems that there's a, a few people that maybe, you know, are a little bit bitter about some things. Hey, yeah, we've been over that. And that, that that's, <laughs> man, I, but I mean, I, we drove up, what, five, five and a half hours, and I was, you know, yeah, I talk a lot of shit on the podcast, on Instagram, but I, I'll never back down. I'll say it to people's faces, but nah, then like, people didn't yeah. maybe show up. I seen, I seen <laughs> people your, didn't show up for this post, podcast. After I, see the, after I saw the post, I looked through your post, I saw you were talking about some of the, I think it was Laurier and they were yeah. they were commenting and like we're not we're not gonna go into the whole like social media battle. We saw it. No, I, but um, I just wanted to say to people's faces, but then they didn't you know they didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it. Um so last season's behind us, so now we're working towards a new season. I seen your most recent take. Uh just just for the record, he went on Twitter, right? <laughs> and he said he listed his his games of the games of the, games to watch. Yeah. For every week. And the only game that features you, Ottawa. It's Panda. Is Panda, and he said Panda or something else. The, I don't remember. I don't remember the schedule for that week, and I do want to get into OUA scheduling mm. because I think it's. We both think it's a train wreck. It is. There a train wreck. are like 
that that same week there are some other really good games going on and as you were saying i have not uh, you mentioned have we been to panda i haven't yet and a lot of the time that is due to the fact that there still are like Just really I, I know yeah. i i mean <laughs> yeah. but we're adults with the I'm, jobs I'm, and stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you though it's uh like it's a, a different experience it's, yo it's it's i'm telling you like watching the vanier watching rewatching panda like Event-wise, Panda is by far, like, it, it controls the entire city. Yeah. It controls the entire, like, this game is just, it's it's uh, the the biggest game event-wise in the country. Now, just before Zach jumps into sign else, you're from the Hamilton area. Correct. You know, I went to I went to Western. Are you going to look me in the eye and say that if I come to the Panda, I'm going to enjoy it more than when my Mustangs won the Vanier Cup against Laval? Are we are we we're talking about event wise? Yeah. I'm talking. It's, it's, ta- it's a different I'm, question. Event wise, if we're if we're taking question. out the alumni bias, yeah, I'll, I'll take that out. <laughs> take that out. Yeah. If if you come to Ottawa on the day of Panda, even the whole week leading up, the whole city is hyping up Panda. It's not it's not just like you Ottawa is saying, all right, this is our homecoming, you know, like let's do this. It's like we're talking about we have alumni coming from both schools from all over. Because we don't we don't really have we don't have a homecoming. That's our homecoming. Yeah. Like, Alex Trebek, man, like, yeah, the, the <laughs> like homie. we're that's that's what I mean. So like when we're talking about pure event, yeah. like where something takes over a city, Panda is where it's at. All right. Now I, I will say I will say one thing. I will say one thing about Panda, is because of all the event and the rah rah around it, um, the biggest thing for for me for Panda. Is realizing that it's just another regular game season, a regular season game. Sorry. So um, at the end of the day, our goal is to win a Yates and a Vanier, not a, a not point, a Panda. Yeah. So if we lose a Panda and we win a Yates, I mean, I, I'd rather that than win Panda and, and lose and not and not get the chance to compete for a Yates. So as as big as Panda is, I mean, the goal is always a Yates, it's always a Vanier. Uh, that's interesting you brought that up because one thing that I, I know we've talked about at some point is whether in the midst of uh, ultimately you know unsuccessful year and that could be any or not this one in particular where you unsuccessful unsuccessful being you don't hit those marks you don't make it to a, a yates and or win or make it to a, a vanny um and or win whether in light of that winning a panda is still a sort of redeemable sort of thing on the season where it's like hey you know what we didn't get that but hey we won the panda so you, it's it really it's it's at the end of the day it's still all about the, those championships I would, I, I, I would say so yeah, yeah i wouldn't say yeah. like at the end of the day, when we're looking at the success of a season, winning five games is still an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Being going five and three is still an accomplishment. But I mean, if you don't win the Yates, like what is it all for? You know what I'm saying? You might as well have mm-hmm. lost sure, yeah. every game. You know what I'm saying? So, but for the city, you win Carlton also loses the helps that you have, Pedro. Here. Run that back. Say that again. I said for the city, when mm-hmm. Carlton also loses, it doesn't win a Yates. It helps that you guys have Pedro. Of course. I mean, for I'd, bragging rights with them, yeah. Well, that, but that's yeah. purely uh, you, Ottawa, Carlton. If we're talking yeah. about the the the, sure. city. the bigger scheme of things, like, like the, it's 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 Vanier or, or bust. Yeah, like you know I'll what see, I mean? I'll see a Carlton guy, and they'll be like talking their nonsense, whatever. <laughs> and I say, oh, we got Panda, and then we got Cap Hoops this year too. So I'll say, oh, we got Cap Hoops too, but then they're gonna say their basketball team beat us in the in the playoffs kick knocked us out so or i guess we still played in the in the national championship but at the end of the day that's what the rivalry is you know what i'm saying we compete in every sport um i mean their basketball team is really good their basketball team is really good we beat them in capital hoops though yeah. but what i'm saying is we compete in every sport when we get the win it's a pride thing 
Um, yeah. Especially when you see them in the city. You see, I see a guy with a Ravens bag on, Ravens football bag on. <laughs> I walk a little faster so he sees my bag. And knows, <laughs> knows you know so, so, so say we'll fast forward maybe this year, maybe next year. Zach and I come to the Panda. I mean. Where do we sit? Yeah. With, with all the shit that I may have spoken. I don't know if I'm allowed to wear You're it. You're good, bro. Don't even. See, yeah. don't, <laughs> stop, don't stress about all that work. You're, at the end of the day, it's behind us. <laughs> last season stuff. I mean, it's know? an easy yeah. transition from a Mustang to a Gigi, but. Oh, you're talking about transitioning now. Mm. Okay. I'm telling you, Panda <laughs> Panda could be that could be that uh, Garnet and convincing gray piece. It's a know? much better color scheme than purple and whatever. Have you seen those blackout jerseys? Let, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. Sort of piggybacking off the Panda conversation because, you, like, you guys are right. It's it's one of the biggest amateur sporting events, and it's it probably is the biggest amateur sporting event in Canada. And a lot of that, obviously, it's a historic rivalry. But at the end of the day, a lot of it's just the way it's marketed. You know, mm-hmm. it's put on display. This uh, quality production, all these things that you'd think that if even like a quarter of that effort were put in towards, you know, the the every weeks. You know the regular just a random york laurier game that if if that amount of effort were put into it it would make for a better product because i mean we've been lucky that the panda games have been quality games entertaining to watch but even in the games where you know was it last last year it was a pretty one-sided event if, or in the 2018 year i think it was pretty one-sided if i'm remembering after when half. when after you yeah, yeah right right but the, it's still fun to watch because it's a good product there's good announcers yeah. the cameras there everything like Looks that like a real football game 100 mm-hmm. percent. It's, it's, it's not some like high school play production nonsense and we know the talents there like everyone knows that in ontario mm. there are there are ballers out there so i mean I don't really know the question I'm forming in this, but I guess it's just the comment on the the sort of production of OUA football on whole. Are there things that you guys, whether it's in terms of the scheduling or in terms of just the way the product is marketed and put out there, if you guys had, you know, OUA commissioner for a day type of power where you can just input some type of change, like what types of things, especially knowing that you guys take part in Panda every year, would you like to be able to see imparted just the every week type of play? Let, let me let me just start with the scheduling because I know that's been an issue for us at U Ottawa. Um, so of the four years that I've been here, is it two or three out of the, out of my four? Two or three out of the four, we've had a first week by. And this this coming yeah, season, like this coming worst. season, we have a second week by. I mean, I called that last week. I said they're coming off a first week by. They're going to lose. They're going to be rusty. <laughs> the, first week buys are the worst yeah. thing. The the thing that yeah. it just does for us is like. Um, all these other teams, whether it's like you play two games and you have a break, you play three or four games and you have a break, we play eight straight games. And it's uh, regardless of like who you're playing, football's a like a, a battle. It's a battle. So like you're gonna have injuries at the end of the season when we don't we don't get that break. You know what I mean? So. And I, I'm sure the coaches just treat it as a longer training camp, not like a, yeah. a proper like week of practice <laughs> where you might tone it down from the training we camp. Toned it, we toned it down. Yeah, okay. we, 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 we down. do tone it down, but it's just, it's, just, it's just the fact that we've had it so consistently from the OUA. And it's just yeah, like, I, get, I get alumni, like vets, like Jesse, they'll message me yeah. and be like, yo, like, <laughs> like we, guys that have played here that, that played and had two or three week one buys, and then we have two or three week one buys. It's like, it's crazy. In terms of production as well, I think the biggest thing is there's a disparity because each school is responsible for their home game productions. So if you watch Guelphs, we were talking about this before, if you watch Guelphs, you can tell there's there's some effort put into it. Um, some of the other schools, there's a like there's a clear 
gap between Western's pretty questionable. capabilities. <laughs> Western's all right. It's not bad. Western's I, when we played Western, I watched the stream afterwards. It wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, there's there's some schools where it's like production's a bit worse. The camera might not follow you if you I have. I mean, the like ball. the deep balls when it's just slow pan. Mm. Some stuff like that. Yeah, if if they could, it's kind of tough to say because, like you said, it's 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 up to the home team. But if the OUA could come up with some sort of standardized, like yeah. I mean, it used to be on the rules. score. Like when we back in our, mm-hmm. our growing day, up, because we're ninety years old. I mean, <laughs> it used to be it used to be on the score. They used to do like mic'd up players during games and stuff I like that. I used to that. watch those yeah. when I yeah. when I first committed. I watched like um the quarterback at was it Waterloo? It was a quarterback. He was a I think he was the twin is Guelph. Yeah. Oh Justin Dunk? Was it when he's the the Wuck Festern or Nah, I used <laughs> to watch like the it was on YouTube. There was like No Guelph used to do a lot mic'd of mic'd up. Stuff. There was mic'd up and it was yeah, it seemed sure like Johnny a league thing. It. it seemed like an OUA mic'd up thing. Like, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, and they used to have that. They used to be on like sports channels that you could actually tune into, like Rogers. Yeah, and now whatever. There's, there's nothing. And now it's nothing. I it's wonder just two why. Two guys that with is. a couple mics. There must be a reason. There yep. must be a reason. I don't know. It's just. But yeah, so if they could come up with some sort of like standardized rules or expectations from each place, like it'd be, it'd be good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it, it's kind of inconsistent. As yeah. you like, if you you guys have obviously watched all the different broadcasts, so. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Now, now, what's worse, having a week one bye or a week one Windsor? Week one bye. Yeah. Definitely week one bye. Cause it, gonna, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet at you during your 11-hour bus ride and ask that same <laughs> question. <laughs> I'd rather have an 11-hour bus drive week one than week seven or eight. So fair. can't complain. That's fair. We're, we're, yeah, regardless, just the week one bye just really throws you off because you know – even even if you're not thinking about it, you know you're playing eight games straight and that like there's always that pressure to be healthy but like take care of your body at the same time yeah. so now you, know, you guys obviously and, and Carlton as well and Windsor I guess travel the most I think that's fair unless it's mm-hmm. unless it's Queens you guys mm-hmm. are probably going the day before yeah. um, what would you think of switching up the schedule so it would be two games at one two games at four and a game at seven what is it now? It's one 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 seven or one 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 five. So if I want to watch a game, I guarantee it's on the same time. Or Panda, uh, you guys are at twelve and everything else is at one. So it's like okay, I really I pick weird. one, I get to watch one game. That's very odd. I don't. And they wonder why no one really watches. That, that that would be a good. I feel like that's a good fix. Unless the, again, there's a reason. I'm that sure the there OUA is. Has but like move, move soccer or rugby to. I time. I do I do like that in a sense because like think about it, when we have our when we have our week by like we're trying to watch all the games that we can like obviously yeah, we're exactly. focusing on the team we're facing the next week mm-hmm. but like that that would be I think that would be a good fix in the sense that just for broadcasting as well like you, they're gonna get more attention because it's like you have these certain amounts of viewership and it's all spread out between the same games at the same time but yeah. if you kind of spread it out it gives a bigger opportunity to you can pick like what game you want to watch it you decide between two hour. instead of deciding between five four exactly five games. yeah that, that seems like a viable fix you should send it send a letter i mean i have my angry tweets that's about it <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the reason i ask that is because you guys travel so much so but like what happens if you have a you're stuck with a four o'clock or a seven o'clock game in toronto yeah we had uh guelph we had a four o'clock Whoa. in guelph yeah that was that one was that, yeah that you finish you pro- you're probably on the bus at what seven thirty eight. yeah and is. then we, we got home at like three or something three or four yeah but yeah we, we in traffic yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's was, worse yeah but yeah yeah i mean you, you kind of do what you can like you you see the schedule and as much as you don't like it you have to play it so I mean the traveling effect is a, is a big effect. We, it is a big Carlton effect. Lee said it, and like when I when Zach and I play like Metro, and now that I'm coaching Eagles, like 
when you see a travel that's like more than six and a half, seven hours, you're like, this is, it sucks. Yeah. It does so, suck. Sticking with the schedule though, um, aside from Panda, because we know that's the, you know, circled on the calendar every year is the, the most exciting game. Yeah. Are there any other games you're looking forward to or, or rematches with uh, any opponents that uh, stick out as, you know, that's what you have just circled on the calendar? Uh, Mac, we, they got the eights. Yeah. Circle that. You always want to beat the defending champ. Yep. Circle that. And does that hold any uh, extra, you know, room in your heart knowing that that's your hometown? Uh, as much as much as I like, we say we we want to go after the defending champs. It's kind of like we still take it week week by week. Like we don't know we don't know what other teams are going to be like next year. We just know that we're going to be we're going to be ready. That's all. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, and uh, talking about um, th- that that I'm from Hamilton and everything. Kind of it uh, watching that Yates Cup. As much as I uh, was happy that I have a bunch of friends that have Yates rings, it's just uh, it's kind of that extra motivation. Like I was, yeah, you, sure. can, you can ask my girlfriend; she was with me that day. I was just I was in a bad mood, yeah. just knowing that like I was uh, I was jealous, man. Like obviously knowing that these guys got rings before I did, and it's just like it's it's frustrating, but it's also that motivation to kind of yeah. go out there and try and try and replicate what they did with the Yates Cup win. So. I mean, you definitely want Western winning again, though. I know it's coming from a Western guy, but, like, it's like the Patriots at some That's point. That's just, yeah, like, in terms of, like, what games do I have? Personally, I always, I just want to beat the best. Like, you can't, you can't say you're the best without beating the best. Yeah, for um, sure. So I have Mac, Yates come champ, Yates champions. I have Western. I always want to beat Western. Um, Waterloo, they beat us. If we ever get, if we get them, they're not on our schedule, but... We might get them in the playoffs. If we get the chance to play them, I want to beat them. They beat us. Guelph, I have circled. They beat us last year. I want to beat the guys that beat us last year if we yeah. take care of that. Now, speaking of circling games, obviously teams as a whole, are there any, again, teams, but because of maybe specific players that you love battling, obviously maybe on like the O-line or something like that, or yeah. corners, are there any guys particularly that you love going one-on-one against? I haven't, I haven't gone one-on-one against anyone that made me say I love going one-on-one against this guy. Um, but I'm looking forward to matchups. I know uh, Western had uh, K- Kabamba. Yeah, bless God. Um, yeah, he's going to the combine, ain't it? Yeah. But yeah, if if he were to come back, I would. That'd be a good match. Again, I, I like going against guys I think are the best guys in the league. So well, he's got Kojo replacing him now too. And he, oh, he, Kojo was on me last year when we played um, when we played Western. But yeah, those those matchups. He was a he was a. a OUA All Star. He's the he rookie all. of the year. OUA rookie of the year. He was yeah, a rookie, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Yeah. So yes. just just because you mentioned those two, so I get that matchup. Like, I think those two guys have the best names in all of OUA. Well, they're they're African. <laughs> like Leska Kambama and then Kojo Odum. Yeah, I think Odum might be the best. Yeah, last they're African. The you got to represent for the yeah for the mother country. I uh, because I play I play fullback in D end. I personally really like I liked going against Laurier. That was a good battle because they uh, they always have a good D line. Like they're known for having a good D line. So kind of going up against them and seeing w- where I needed to improve on because that was that was like a week three matchup I think we had so going up against those guys and having plays where I kind of I did well and kind of out outplayed them on a couple plays like knowing those DNs like and even their D tackles like Pong and all those yeah. guys like they're you you know that they're known for being having a good D line so like that game, that was a uh, that was a bit of a weird game if I'm remembering correctly. Right? That was it was Beaver got the game. was it Beaver got the the weird punt the punt yeah, return, return yeah. punter shanked it yeah yeah and then we also had a we also had a block 
or like a fumbled punt. Yeah, it was and all we, within like the last like yeah, yeah, <laughs> half of the fourth quarter. We right? we yeah. came we came back from being down crazy nineteen comeback, in yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah, so. yeah crazy one. And then uh, Tristan Park got the game winning touchdown. Yeah, my dog Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to yeah, T. Yeah, sir. So, um, so Dan, touching on something that you said just real quick about going up against the best. Um, you obviously would have, I assume, in practice, not this past year, the year prior, um, got to go up against, to me, the, the very uh, best, uh, number yeah. one, uh, not just on the field, but in the rankings for corners, Mr. Yeah. Jamie Harry. Yeah. Uh, what was that like getting to compete with him day in, day out? Um, and what did you learn, even though obviously playing uh, across the field from you, just seeing someone of that caliber? Yeah, um, that's, that's actually a really good question. That's like one of the reasons that, um, I think I developed as much as I did um, going against a guy like Jamie Harry. Like I was first year, I was 17, 169 pounds, and he would press me into the dirt. Like <laughs> I wouldn't even get off the line of scrimmage type thing. So going against him was, was really big for me because I could kind of gauge how I'm developing. I was like, okay, he pressed me into the dirt last week, but this week maybe I got a release off of him. And I could ask him things like, because he has a lot of knowledge. I could ask him things like if I do this, um, how would it affect this? If I do this, like... When he went to East-West, I, when he came back, I asked him, how are the receivers doing this? So I got a lot of uh, feedback off of him. And even now, he'll come to the Dome and we get some reps in. So um, I could I can gauge, like, okay, I've gotten better. This is what I still need to work on. This is what he's facing in the in the pros. And this is what how I can change my game to get to get better. Because if I know I know if I can go against Jamie, I can go against anyone in the league. So Yeah, and just jump in. I found, like, when I, when I was playing, a lot of my conversations were – with the guy across from me more than it was with receivers. Yeah. Like, obviously, you talk with the other receivers and stuff like that, but I remember when I was playing in the CJFL, like, I would talk with the corner the entire day. Mm-hmm. Just be like, oh, no, I can tell I can tell that you're going to back off into quarters right now. you got to yeah. fix your, your fake push or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I get a lot of feedback on my moves. Like, um, I consider myself a shifty guy, so it's like if, if a move didn't really – I didn't really sell a move properly, Jamie would tell me, like, oh, if you're going to fake inside, make sure you give a head, like, Whatever, and he used to play receiver too at um, at Vanier. So um, he's a he's a guy that has a really good knowledge of it, and he would give me feedback all the time and really really help my game to get to where I'm at now. So respect yeah. to Jamie Harry. Hundred um, percent. So going into this past year, obviously you lose Jamie, um, and then you know find out Dawson's not coming back, a big blow for the offense. Then week two, the Mac game, you lose Sawyer, and so. It, bit of a scramble kind of getting things together offensively got miracle you got Mahler kind of going back and forth so more so on that uh the quarterback front um unless this is of course like spilling the tea and you know letting things out outside <laughs> the room the tea. What, what's spilling the expression the that's, that's the expression no, no I, I know so. it's just so the, we went we went to Guelph the cat out the back we went no we went, to, we went to Guelph someone said bet and Zach was like what does bet mean <laughs> Zach is our resident like 90 year old yeah oh, uh, but on, on that point um just at the quarterback position um do you do you have a read something that you're allowed to talk about in terms of sort of who's sort of winning that battle or just sort of where it's at there well it's 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 kind of just like um how it was during the season like those two are battling they're both great QBs and at the end of the day we got enough vets at wide receiver and running back and all over on the offense O-line where whoever's there we're going to trust them so we got we got Daniels going into his fourth year we got um, Dylan St. Pierre's going into his fifth year we got myself at fullback I'm going into my fifth year we got 
uh, Jordan Berger at running back going into his third year. So Tristan's going into his fourth year. We have we have all these guys who are like fourth, fifth year guys who, uh, at the end of the day, um, whoever you put back there, we're gonna trust them and we're gonna come together as a group. So those guys are still battling and they're gonna whoever whoever is there at week one against Windsor, they're gonna step up. Gonna be ready, yeah, for sure. The biggest thing with the with the losing Sawyer thing is if you go into the season not really expecting to play or to start and then all of a sudden you're thrown into it of it's course, different yeah. than when you have a full off season of preparation and they're both they're weren't they both in their first or second year Ben was in his second year Matt was in his first year which I'm sure makes it all the more just pressure filled yeah. and yeah. trying yeah. to deal with that exactly so of course these guys are getting a full year of preparation now to catch up kind of and get ahead of the game and they're putting in a lot of work we have three really good quarterbacks actually putting in a lot of work um doing making the reads doing the time in, in the film room with coach b so we actually we we really got i think we'll let me not make any predictions but i think we'll have we'll have a really good team we'll have a really good offense led by one of those guys for sure fair enough and and just to to jump in um do you think uh, Bittner's better at a quarterback or he's a better Twitter comedian? Dude. <laughs> Sawyer Bittner is one of the funniest guys. And the thing is, he has like a huge following. Like the whole town of Moose Jaw follows him. Yeah, all, all, yeah. 20, yeah. all 27 people. Yeah, they yeah. like his tweets. He'll get like 100 likes and 50 retweets and stuff. So yeah, but that dude's funny, bro. But, the thing, yeah. thing about Sawyer is he, he doesn't have like a a certain type of humor he appeals to everyone yeah. like and and everything he says is funny like he's, yeah, he's jokes. he's always quick with everything and he's just kind of you never know what to expect when he's talking you know what i My mean biggest thing i like the most about sawyer is he doesn't like he doesn't switch up he's the same dude like he's a country kid from moose jaw to everyone you know what i'm saying he's <laughs> yeah he's just he's a good guy for well sure. i wonder if like maybe this is a stretch but that sort of you know quick-wittedness that as a comedian you would be able to have would be like similar to like as a quarterback reading the field and being and able to like is, make those quick decisions he would so do he would do stuff that's not even a reach i'm not even gonna lie he's quick on his feet in terms of telling jokes but on the field he would do some stuff like i think his first game playing here was a, was a home game i don't know if it was against guelph or against york Anyways, he's about to get tackled. He's about to get sacked or something. He just like underhand flips it to a, to a guy that's near, like just quick reaction type thing. He would make plays like that all the time, like in practice. Like he'd make a like an off kilter throw or something like that. So I feel like I that mean, was I think that was the Guelph game when Kean Schaefer Baker had that. Was that why the, you got to bring that? Because <laughs> I'm he, sure he we're a, talking he's a about the game. He's a right? Oh, he's so. a goal. Oh, the one handed catch. Come on, man. That was clean. Come on. That was a, sorry. I had to jump in on that. Cap, one, that was clean. <laughs> you you got to give him credit there. That's a that was, was a good catch. That was a good catch. I said, can't. Damn. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Did he catch that? That shit was crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, um, mm. and I, I don't even want to try naming all the names because it seems like it's your whole defense going to either combine Big ballers. or Big ballers. You know, the camps coming up yeah, and things sir. like yes, that. Um, and, and if I'm remembering correct, I sure listened back to it. I believe when we were talking with uh, Mr. Dewey. Uh, yeah. at, uh, at Mac, uh, he was saying that the toughest defense he went up against was, uh, and sorry, and Andreas Dewey, the, the nickname they have from him is Dewey, so oh, okay, okay, can't okay. not call him Dewey now. That's your cue? Yeah, yeah. At, at Mac. Uh, he said that your defense was, 
I don't know if it was the hardest or the, the don't look to me. I've, I've yeah. major head trauma. What? <laughs> I played football long enough. I can't remember anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't want to you know misquote him in saying that he said you guys were the best, but he definitely spoke volumes about your defense. And once again, you don't have to look further than all these combines and stuff going mm-hmm. up, uh, coming up to just validate that. Um, yeah. Talk about your defense, man. These guys are ballers. This guy got to work with them. Uh, so I played when I was being recruited. I was a linebacker first. So let me tell you, linebackers are the smartest people on the field. And they're, 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 let, let me let me just say that linebackers. Let me say that. So I'm a I'm a linebacker at heart. He's funny too. I'm a linebacker at heart. So jokes. So coming as a linebacker, you kind of have to know everything around you because you're playing. You're playing in the box, you're playing out of the box, you're playing everything. So um, I got a good grasp of like the whole defense kind of. And just kind of the whole thing that uh, Coach JV uh, teaches us is that um, we can do all kinds of different things, but at the end of the day, it's just the same thing dressed up differently. So if we start with a one high safety look, we'll roll into a two high safety with a blitz. And that's just kind of like different things that we do. and, And I think just watching now that I'm on offense, watching all the defenses, we're one of the only teams that really try and get a jam on receivers, like every play at every position. We try and jam every single receiver on the field. And I feel like I'm not taking shots at any other team, but like uh, I've watched teams like Mac and they just, they, they let receivers go. And I don't know if that, how much that affects them. But when, like I know myself when I'm running a route personally and uh, someone on defense get their hands on me it's just like even if it doesn't really affect me it's just I know that they're there and they're always trying to get me off my my landmark and my path you know so I don't know it's just kind of one of those things it's uh just the way that coach JV has created his defense and dressed everything up and he kind of really plays to the strengths of the pieces that we have so yeah, that's the biggest thing yeah. I mean I can only imagine getting jammed every play I'd, I'd probably <laughs> Take it, take a swing at somebody. It's good for us too, because we get we get better at not getting rerouted. I mean, us as in receivers, we get better at not getting rerouted. We got to work on getting DB's hands off of. And the thing is, because our guys do it so much more than everyone else, then when we when we get in game and we see it, then we know how to deal with it because we've dealt with it every practice. But yeah, for sure, it gets chippy sometimes when you get you get a jam. Like, was that a hold? Was that a pi? Oh, yeah. Was that a yeah? Of you course, saying, but. Yeah, sometimes hey, things, sometimes things get pushed into the sideline and you know. yeah. yeah we all yeah. get better. We all yeah, get better. it's uh but no like obviously there's going to be advantages and disadvantages but like our as long, our coach stresses as long as you're making those mistakes at 100% and that's that's what we do like our defense they're always they're always on top of things so we got to give credit to them always so so the last thing I, I know I want to ask about is, uh, and we've been asking some form of this to most of the guys we've been talking with, is just looking around the league, um, kind of ask you guys about teams you're looking forward to playing, maybe individuals that you like to compete with, yeah. um, whether at your position or just other any other position on the field. Are there guys that just week in, week out, you just enjoy as football fans, just watching them play and watching them work from, from other schools? Or maybe that you just like com- you sort of compete with, checking in. Oh, they did this. Like, oh, he he got X number of yards and X, you know, Y number of touchdowns. I want to compete with that. Nah, um, there's like there's. I'll I'll tell you one guy that um, he works with us sometimes in the summer is, is J P Simakinda. Um, oh, cool. Sorry, Elaine Simakinda. His, his brother's name is J P. Elaine. Um, he works a lot. He works hard. So like, he's one guy that like I have him on Instagram and. 
Uh, like I'll see him pushing big weight. He's a he's an uh, the chosen one D lineman. Yeah, yeah. he's a yeah. D lineman. Obviously, so yeah. I'm not competing with him per se, but I see him work hard, and I don't know. It kind of it kind of motivates me a bit. The guys, he puts up numbers in the gym, and he puts up numbers on the field too. And even on the field, like when we play Guelph, he's a he's a good dude. Like he's not he he'll talk his trash, but I mean it's competitive. It's always like, and then we pray together after after the game. So he's a good guy, but um, he's for sure one of those guys that. I see him working, and I'm like, okay, like maybe I should up what I'm doing too. You know what I'm saying? And he posts all these motiv- all this motivational stuff on on IG and things, and I see it. Um, for sure, motivates me sometimes. But like in terms of like being a fan, I'm not really I'm not a fan of anyone in the league that yeah. plays on another it's team. Right. See, it's the it's the word you can't use the word like fan. That's fair. That okay. is. No, the whole thing. I'm not like I'm not ever looking at like another. I, I always want to. I want. I want to be the best in the league. I want to be at number one. So I'll watch. Who's at number one? Like what? What are his numbers? But I'm not ever watching for one specific one guy. At receiver going into this year, uh, what? Who is it? Um, it was the Toronto dude, wasn't it? Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Corby. Cor- Corby and Love Love Girl. Yeah. Over 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 Lamb and Turnowski. Would you? Number. He's. You said numbers. I'm just looking just at no, numbers. Oh, just straight numbers. At okay, the end okay. of this season, yeah. it was what? It was like um, Turnowski. The Toronto guy was there. Yeah. Carter was up there. Gordon Lamb was no, up there. No, you're pure numbers. Yeah, pure numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's, so yeah. So I, I I'll set that like. For this year, I'm trying to beat Carter because he's the guy that that was doing what I'm going to be doing. Is I'm mm-hmm. trying to beat Carter, so I'll, I'll make it a competition against Carter's old numbers. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to beat myself from last year. and I'm trying to beat Carter, but there's never I'm never going to be like, oh, I'm, this guy's so good. I'm a fan of this guy, like, and he's on another team, like, for sure. It's, it's, it's you never friendly. Get, get rid of the fans. Got never friendly. Uh, for me personally, I just gotta say, like, like like you said, I'm not a fan of everyone, but mm-hmm. like a guy that you can look at and be like. He's he's a good player. You can appreciate what he does on the field. Is like Trey Ford, obviously. For like sure. You gotta you gotta give credit where credit's due. He's a he he okay. he can he can do what Sorry. he 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 <laughs> he does what he does and he does it well. You know, and um, you know teams gotta find an answer for him and sure. and uh, it's exciting. He's a, like he's an exciting player to watch. You know, so but definitely not a fan of everyone. See. I'll, 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 I'll workshop maybe, a better maybe, way. Maybe it's an O-line <laughs> thing, but like I don't think anyone's any player is gonna be like I'm a fan of somebody. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair. I don't think any. I think. Have you asked everyone that? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's come out in other ways. It's just like you know, guys that you maybe sort of mm-hmm. w- whether it's checking the box you score see, or just, just being like just say respect, respect. Like even when you said like I'm a fan of UFT, I was like I'm not a fan. Like I respect the players okay. there. Well, we'll, we'll f- moving forward, we'll change it to coming to the <laughs> yeah, end of the offseason yeah. walkthrough tour. We'll, we'll, we'll reword, reword that, it to, to respect. That's sure. that's fair there. I mean, we started with one camera and one mic. <laughs> now look at us. So fair. fair. Uh, well, you know, I, Dakota, is anything else from you there? No, I don't think so. Perfect. Well, I know um, it was obviously uh, for Dakota, great coming out here again to sort of just talk like, through. Just, just, his, just let them know that, like, I, know I, I came here, I came here to squash beef, and I want to talk. I know to he's them. been thinking about that since he tweeted. <laughs> he since came he said with it. the gray man. You know, he's he half supporting. Since he made the take, he's said he's been thinking about oh, all. There, the there are things. There are things. Like, and I'm gonna come the same to York when I said they're not gonna win a single game the entire year. And when I that, why do you take such bold takes? How many how many games did York win? Sure, I don't know. One. One. Really? Damn. Yeah. I was one game away from being right. <laughs> and also, someone has to stir the pot. Someone so, has to stir Someone has to get some. Can be like, hey, what you, should we all be just fans and buddies? And, and, nah, you can be that that's guy my approach. That stirs the pot. Yeah, he's a good <laughs> dude, right? I, didn't even, I thought after 55 was just you being, a, being an ass. But. <laughs> yeah. well, no, on. but like with, with Laurie, I, I said, I'm going to bring it back just because yeah. we have to. You know, the Laurie situation going to the playoffs, did you guys know about that? I've said this on every episode now. I love that. In, in terms of what situation? So. 
for Lori to make the playoffs, they had to beat Carlton the last week. Or if Waterloo lost, they had to lose to Carlton by 18 points. And I said, they were facing Carlton. They were down by 12 points with 39 seconds left. And I said, you want to make the playoffs? Let Carlton score on you right now. Oh. And I didn't even know that was the situation. Ooh, that's a tough that's a Okay, tough let's, let's go with that. So, Would you do that? So, so look. So Would you do that? Would you let them score? As the, as as a coach the or a head coach or the OC? You go, you go into the game and you let all your players know the situation and you let the players decide. Hmm. So you say, hey, guys, look, if you want to go out there and you want to oh lose, lose with dignity, I understand and I respect that. But as a coach, it's my job to get you your best chance to, in, to win a championship. And this is the best chance you have to win a championship well, is you, to lose this game. Right you now. go in trying to win, right? Yes, but there's 39 seconds left. That's they're tough. they're at the the 55, we'll call it. And <laughs> and all they have to do is just open the gates on D line and let. And we asked we asked Ferguson and uh, Carter today. I'm like, if Laurier let you score, would you punch it in? They said, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And then That's your tough. rival Waterloo is now out of the playoffs, and you're in the playoffs, and anything can happen in the playoffs. I th- I think i take the same approach as you said you would let the players know before the game and kind of like because you don't want to you don't want to kind of blindside all the players and be like listen oh yo by the way now let them score right now yeah (laughs) let let them score (laughs) stop stop playing (laughs) yeah so but uh, that's definitely a tough decision like it's i mean at the end of the day if it's like if if it's what gets you through to the next next Stage like hundred percent. That's Shoot, I don't uh, know. that's what you <laughs> I don't know do. what I would do to be honest. I, it, I, it's I, tough I, asking because like you guys are players, and I feel like if I was asked when I was a player, I'd be like, "Well, no, we want to win." And like, yeah. we, uh, there's no point that's in my I'm mind. Saying, I'm like, I'm losing. But like, when you're a coach, you see it from, okay, well, we have to win a championship. My you go in, job is you go in trying to win the game, hundred percent. But because if they won, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. At that point, mm. I I don't think I'd let them score. If 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 we were if we were gonna make the playoffs, I'd rather be because of a dub. Because we went out there and won against the other team, not because we let them win. Okay, but but then let's do in in the mindset of anything can happen in the playoffs, where Carlton loses with three seconds left because of a block punt. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, that's tough. Laurie Laurie could you know find themselves in the gates somehow because of a a few yeah, balls tough. that bounce their way. Luckily, luckily, and then Merchant goes down and they're facing a, a second string quarterback. Yeah, that's crazy. In the that's tough. That's a, yeah. that's a good question. That's a that's, good scenario. But that's, no, that's what I, I. That's the thing. So I have my stuff with you guys, which I wanted to talk to them in the face, and then I had my stuff with Laurie, and they answered it. So. Okay. So what's your prediction for us this season? I have to know who your quarterback is. I have to know if your defense is going to the show, who's coming back, and I have to know who the hell your quarterback is. Because no disrespect at all, mm-hmm. but when your quarterback throws sixty-eight yards and then sixty-nine yards and then one hundred and thirty-nine yards, there's no reason for me to have faith in your offense. I don't care how good you are if you're that's not getting fair. the ball. That's fair. If you want to talk about, if you're talking about numbers, your defense is fantastic. And I'll say the only reason you guys won the Pandas is because of the defense. You guys don't have to comment that yeah, on that if you don't to. want to. Yeah, yeah, no, to. If you just look at the box score, anything. that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So if so if so if and again they're young quarterbacks, so they could they can develop. They can mm-hmm. come out and outshine everyone. You have the receiving squad. You have the defense. If they're coming back, if they all go to the show though, there's there's a there's a a difference, I would say, between um, making predictions and making judgments off analytics and off of the it factor that's that's that happens in sports. So I think um, in the position that you're in, you make your decisions based off analytics and what you, what like the eye test, ma- ma- majority, like the numbers and the part. eye test. Like, but what also you see. the the it factor we're talking about is 
young quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah young know, quarterbacks thrown to a position that they're I'm not saying, comfortable with. What I'm saying is young young quarterback. Okay, like at face value, it seems like a bad situation, right? But I think there's there's a lot to be said for what what can happen on a week. Anyone can be anyone on a week to week basis, 100%. right? I think um, the whole Carlton situation is proof of that. We beat Carlton. We lo- we lost to Guelph. We beat Carlton, and then yeah. Carlton goes and almost beats Guelph at in their um, on their field uh, in the playoffs. So there's a lot to be said for analytics, but there's also a lot to be said for the the unknown of sports, right? It's on a week to week basis, anything happens. So um, our our responsibility as players is to make the unknown as known as possible, and as coaches, it's their responsibility to make sure we know everything and then leave little to chance so what we're going to do is leave we're try to take control of everything and leave as little to chance as possible and then well we might be in a situation that the analytics say we shouldn't be in at the end of next season you know hey, man, i mean I, I hope the best for you and for sure especially after doing the, the whole tour i've you know i've sat down with how many players now? Like 60, 60 players, something like that. Jeez. You know, <laughs> talk, talk, talk to a lot of coaches. So, you know, we have our insider information. So it's not just analytics. Insider information. <laughs> um, you know, I'll come up with my, my preseason prediction. We'll, I, we'll do see I think we're going to do a pod coming up a little bit. Yeah. We're yeah. just looking at the schedule going over that. Dra- pull, maybe draft a fantasy team. Oh, okay. You're going to draft a fantasy team? That's, I want to I draft a fantasy team, but like no trades or dropping people. Like okay. you, you pick your team and that's your team for the year. Okay. All right. So like, am I saying like... Are you like a late round? <laughs> Stock is dropped. Yeah, we'll, see well, I'm sure that uh, if that comes to fruition, uh, our teams will be uh, full of Ottawa GG players because you guys have plenty of talent here. Yeah, Dakota does uh, know about that. <laughs> Actually, and I, when I when I talk to Beaver face to face, but and with how competitive the OUA is right now, it's going to take every yeah, single one of sure. of those the guys in that locker room coming together, regardless of who's at quarterback, regardless of who's at receiver on defense, anything like that, and putting mm-hmm. out the best product out there week to week, knowing that. Every single game matters because it is so competitive. And like Dakota said, uh, despite a former uh, Mustang, former Griffin, we're definitely pulling for you guys and wish you the best going into this upcoming season. Thank you guys so much for having us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Every week you say that. So once again, that was Daniel Oadejo and Zach Placini of the Ottawa GGs. Um, That was, uh, once again, I'll reiterate how much fun that was talking with them and, uh, I, I like the chemistry you have with Daniel. We might need to like get some kind of like segment going with the two of you just combating back and forth. But I mean, I mean, I mean, we're, we're working on just kicking you out of the. <laughs> I, I came in season. I came in season two, and I'm just like working you out of it. So I'm. I don't even remember if this was something we had on the recording or if this was just something he said afterwards. But it. it I just found it funny when he was like, "Oh, I didn't realize this was a podcast. I thought at the fifty five was just you, Dakota, talking <laughs> shit on Twitter." <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I, I feel kind of bad if that's if that's the uh, impression that people are getting. But also, I mean, if it drives in people to listen to you talk, you know, facts, then you know it is what it is. No, I love it, man. It was it was it was a good time, and uh, like I've said a few times now, so was uh, sitting down with these guys. Um, you know, fun getting the other side of the uh, the Ottawa rivalry there, talking with the GGs. We obviously saw what um, the boys at Carlton had to say about um, about that rivalry. Um, I mean, I, 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 it's kind of weird because when when people are hearing this now, obviously, um, 
there's been some coaching changes, but when we sat down with them, there wasn't any coaching changes. Right, like I right. Like a, lot, a lot's happened in the last uh, two weeks. Um, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, you saw that we maybe broke some news that we have, you know, inside sources saying that there's two head coaches or two coaches that may fill that head coaching role. We got laughed at. Uh, we, uh, I bookmark. I bookmark that tweet. I'll let you guys know in a couple of weeks when when the news is official and we're right again because right now I'm I'm shooting I'm shooting a thousand shooting a hundred a hundred percent. Um, and uh, you know more news to follow. I'm sure. Um, that's gonna have everyone on the edge of their seats just waiting for those tweets. So obviously, uh, already mentioning you and Daniel getting into it, and uh, you know it was funny. You know you calling out the, the absentee from the get together we had with them um yeah what, what what was your thought on that i i mean you know like we said it's it's all love and you know the, maybe we can, I, I came up there to maybe bury the hatchet a little bit i thought out of out of all the smack that i've talked throughout the entire 2019 season i thought that this was kind of the lightest um and this of know, course is going this is of course sorry this is of course going relating back to the the post we had yeah pre panda thinking that they weren't going to win which was solely based on the lack of offensive production nothing to do with the defense just just so for the record straight for people wondering what that was all about that that was your stance was that based on the offense or that they weren't going to win games solely on that defense sorry I just wanted to get that out yeah and you know I I was wrong. I mean, it, it it happens, and I'll admit it, and it was fun. But, you know, I went up there to, uh, you know, talk face-to-face with people that maybe were a little offended and, uh, I don't know, leave it to Beaver to just talk. <laughs> we, um, you know what I'll say, though, um, on that point, though, because uh, it was, from what I understand with how it all went down, it was Tremaine that was the most, um, I won't say upset, but the most, you know, well, let's go with it. He was the most upset with what you said and <laughs> spread it around um, to the rest of the team. Uh, but that following our our meeting, our sit down with the guys at Ottawa, he actually messaged us back because we hadn't heard from him. Just mentioning how because he was doing training for East West and all that, he you know wasn't able to. I mean, he he forgot to message us back and he wasn't able to make it out there. And I say all that just because Tremaine's another Toronto guy, Metro Toronto guy, Metro Toronto Wild guy in specific. So, you know, I I didn't I wanted to make sure that everything was cool on that front. You know, Wildcats for life, baby. You know, you can't I don't want I want there to be beef there, you know. I mean, I don't have beef with anybody. If someone has beef with me, that's fine. Um, we can we can talk face to face. And like I said, I don't think there's actually beef between me, me and any no. Ottawa guys. Uh, but I was just excited, to, you know. And I'm and I'm kind of disappointed that you know we may not you know talk to York face to face because, you know, obviously I ran my mouth a lot and I want to give him a chance to talk to me face to face and it's kind of disappointing because I don't want to hide behind a screen or a mic, but. You know, seasons are long, careers are long. I'm sure I'll bump into a few people and we can we can squash some beef. I'm uh, I'm certain of that too. Um, so yeah, that will wrap up our Ottawa episode. Um, this, of course, was part of our little East Coast road trip out to Ottawa, and then uh, we left after doing double duties in Ottawa. We hit the road again, headed back to Kingston, and uh, well, I guess I'll just leave it at that for now. Um, and you'll have to find out more about that story. When we talk to Big you next week, Scout. Big, Big Shout Out. Oh boy, I just, yeah, Scout's the man, and we'll tell you all about Scout and everything in Kingston uh, next week here at the 55.